Hello, and welcome to the Todd and Taylor Show. I'm Todd A. And I'm Taylor Trask. Hi. Hello, Taylor. I gotta quit. I gotta, I gotta have, like, a thing I say. I always, I always kind of... <laughs> my I like the pregnant pause right there. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Maybe that's my new thing, the pregnant pause. Yeah, just make me wonder if, like, all of a sudden I've lost the signal. And I'm Taylor Trask. Like we're like we're news anchors, like we're gentlemen news anchors. Yeah, that's um, a we'll Chicago morning show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this could not be a more um, askew introduction to what we are talking about tonight. Askew <laughs> <laughs> is good. What it's, what is it that we're talking about tonight? <laughs> talking about Star Wars: The Last Jedi. And Woo! Yes, and it it, it seems like. We've kind of been waiting for it for a while, and so the fact that it's happened and we're past it seems almost like, oh my god, that's we're already to that point now. Like it's already happening. Oh, release now. It's I'll re- love to look forward to is my Doctor Who Christmas special that I'm literally done for a while. Yeah, I, I'm just ready to sleep until New Year's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just crazy. So, I so you saw it when? I saw it Friday night. Um, yeah. I know that no longer counts as opening night. Um, oh god, no! I mean, and Thursday night, like, let's be let's be honest. Thursday midnight used to be like the the kind of celebratory opening. Now it's like Thursday at like seven thirty. <laughs> like yeah, that, I was like hearing from people like before I got home from work on Thursday. Yeah, like, yeah. Come on, <laughs> where's the honor? Where's the dignity of of waiting till the midnight showing? Like there, I I used to see every Marvel movie that way, and there was something kind of wonderful about it because that you know it was the diehards there was a certain energy just that sort of waiting, yeah. like oh you know like you had to like have some coffee at 10 1005 so you can make it to midnight you know just like that whole thing um <laughs> there's something about it but this i saw i somehow randomly got three tickets side by side at the alamo at 8 p.m on friday and i don't know how the hell that happened because i what, kinda, were you late buying them yeah yeah i was i was like tuesday buying them and i'm like i don't know how that occurred, but uh, we did, and it was lovely. It was just wonderful. Ah, but we yeah. had, we had ours uh, the day they went on sale. So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So no, I I saw it under no fancy circumstances other than 3D. Okay. Oh, now was that intentional? No, it was uh, it purely out of convenience. Um, my friend Brian, who was buying the tickets, he chose the theater and. Uh, uh, yeah, we just went along. Fair enough. Now, yeah. it's interesting because I intentionally saw it in 2D. Uh, oh, okay. There, now, having seen it, I kind of really want to see it in 3D, which I'll have a lot of questions for you. Um, but yeah, anymore, unless it's like built to be like, you know, built on 3D, like Tron or Avatar, I just, I kind of, I'm kind of dubious of it. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's, it's fine, um, but it's just like, eh, I don't know. I mean, I think the last one I intentionally saw in 3d was dr strange and that worked out so anyway. yeah so i guess let's let's jump in real quick so like to give a broad viewpoint and then we'll 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 go through all the scenes we'll go through all like the the oh shit moments and the hmm moments and then all the the lovely stuff in between but i guess just to, to overall impressions like if you're to say you know you liked it you loved it you questioned it a scale of one to ten like where, where would you land uh, on a, oh all of that and then on a scale of ten um so you know if the prequels are all ones <laughs> oh, now that's just being generous the original trilogy are all you know tens <laughs> um I, and that's just being generous <laughs> uh I I mean this is you know it's like a nine for me okay um, 
I can't at this moment say like, I'm not, I, I mean, um, you know, immediately afterwards in the car, uh, uh, Brian did his re-ranking of all the movies. Um, and this was like number two behind empire, I think was the way he put it. Where, where does he rank rogue one? And where do you, I rank rogue one so highly and he, he didn't even have it in his top five. Probably that's, uh, that's my number one. Yeah. I, it, it, I, 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 I'm very reluctant ever to put anything in a numerical list like that of rankings. Um, but every time I watch Rogue One, I, I think this is my favorite. Uh, like, I, I, it's so hard to compare it to the original trilogy. That was so long ago. Mm-hmm. But there's something about like, this is where I wanted the whole story thing to go. So I think, so with that in mind, I think Last Jedi took so much of that good stuff about Rogue One and so much of the good stuff of Force Awakens and shifted the universe even slightly more ahead in like a, you know, in the new direction. And that I was so impressed that it wasn't a, you know, it didn't, it didn't go totally out of the realm of like things that we expect and love. Mm. Uh, but it was shocking and uh, suspenseful throughout to me. There was, a, there was no point. Well, there's one point that we'll talk about later, but there was other than that there, I didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's one of the yeah, things yeah. where I'm playing that guessing game in my head the whole time of like, oh yeah, that she's we're gonna find out that whatever, and then the nope, 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 that didn't happen. <laughs> so and how yeah. how uh, how interesting too that after a movie that was uh, intentionally created to be fan service and sometimes derided for being so, like we get one that is absolutely like 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 you could have you could have pretty much predicted most of the force awakens as lovely as it was. And, and it's actually one of my, one of my, it's in my top five. Um, but it's like you, the story beats are pretty freaking familiar. This was almost like every time they met one of those choices are like, we'll go somewhere else. Like they yep. actually, Ryan Johnson uh, completely you know broke those conventions. And I think like uh, I've been seeing some mixed reactions in some circles, not, not, across the board by any stretch, but like in some circles, there's an interesting kind of debate brewing and it, it seems to be te- centered on people who would rather see more of the conventional stuff, you know, make this basically like another return of the uh, empire strikes back. And then those who are like, no, 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 this is what it needed to have be. That needs to be this. We can't go back. Like burn well, it all down. Like Kylo Ren, burn the past, kill it. Kill it I mean, you don't need to go any farther than the Rotten Tomatoes meter. It's crazy. There's a 56% audience score. Yeah. That's On top insane. Of like, in, in conjunction with like a 95 or whatever it was critic score. So right. it's, it is, it's like, you can't really argue with the merits that it's a, it, an interesting, good movie and like just on, on purely technical terms. But then you get into like the actual audience discussions. It's like, you know, past that, is this a story we needed? I think it's, it's more that unless, oh, the movie sucked. And more, is this the story we needed as a community and to service these characters. And I think that's, it's most of the arguments can kind of go back to that central core. And I, I know I, for one, I, I'm going to, I'm going to err on this or uh, join the side of um, this is what we need moving forward. Like it needed to be this. It couldn't, it, if it was just a rehash of empire, I don't think, uh, I don't think there's a hit. There's a, a future for this, this franchise past yeah. like 2025, you know? 
Exactly. No, I, I'm glad you uh, answered that question yourself because I feel the same way. Like this is what we needed. We didn't need uh, Force Awakens. Um, you know, as, as people made a lot of hay of George Lucas's comment afterwards, which he, in which he said, like, it's mostly just the same kind of plot as New Hope. Yeah. Um, but we really needed that to reestablish the world and get back into the universe we loved and, and well, about the prequels. I was gonna say, and frankly, basically convince the audience to trust the brand again. Like, hey, hey, this remember this? Well, you loved this, right? Love this again. And that's like now that you're loving it again, we're gonna show you something cool and new. And I know um, we'll we'll get even deeper into this, but one of the big things about Last Jedi is um the prequels suffered mostly from I mean Oh my God, we could talk forever and we have tried to about them, but <laughs> the prequels just don't have characters that we care about. Like there's no... Other freedom. than Obi-Wan, he's probably the only one. But even him, it's like you don't have any idea of his backstory or yeah, what, he, right, right. what his motivation is or where he's going to end up. He's just, it, it's all cast in like big, big brushstrokes of hero, yeah. villain, you know? There's and, no agency to anything they are or do. Yeah, it's all, it might as well have just been an animated uh, trilogy. Yeah, you know, well, in fact, it's, you know what's really funny about that comment? I, I challenge anybody listening, and you too, Todd, to go back and watch the prequels, specifically like um, the, the, the last two when uh, Hayden Christensen appears. There are more shots of him and Obi-Wan or just like random Jedis lazily running into scene or away from frame. Like yeah. just kind of like jog, like mom jogging to their cars, like out of frame. And it's just like the apathy in which these characters even move is just so just ugh. It's so it's just emblem. I can't say the word emblematic. There we go. Of yeah. um, of uh, just the the attitude in which the movie progress. Like there's just no agency yeah. at well, all. And what we really loved so much about, I mean, one of the many things we loved about the original trilogy was that the characters were so unique in a sci-fi, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and even though they were sort of drawn from tropes in Westerns and samurai movies and, you know, another, to some extent, sci-fi movies, but it was like, they were just interesting in this new way. And Force Awakens had to reestablish, like, these characters are interesting and they're worth caring about. And Last Jedi went even, you know, farther than that. And gave them these real conflicts and shortcomings. And, you know, uh, I mean, not now to jump ahead. We're just, we're just basically going to hit high points. We're not going like in order, I don't think especially, but yeah. you know, the, the, the way the Luke flashback and the Kylo flashback are told from two different viewpoints is yes. so yes. perfect in, in that way of like, Oh, you can kind of see it from either side, you know? Yeah. There is one character, well, there, you could argue two, but there's at least one character that falls definitely back in that prequel territory where you're just like, why are you here? <laughs> you, you, have, you owe us, we owe you nothing, you owe us nothing, don't, ugh, ugh. Well, just, I, I would say that's Snoke. Interesting. Interesting. He, you know, here's just the bad guy that's like, you know, doesn't really have any... Uh, we don't understand what his position is or what his power is or what he actually wants. It's just destruction. You know, it's just the force uh, of, uh, yeah. Who are you yeah. thinking of? I was thinking of, uh, Admiral Holdo, like oh, Laura uh, Dern's character. Like she does. He, let me just put it this way. I want you to think of every single Admiral Holdo scene that you can remember. Now ask yourself how much cooler would that have been if that was Admiral Akbar and that's how he died. 
Yeah. Um, that's true. That's an, that's a really interesting idea. I, what really, but if you just put Akbar in place of her, um, with the same lines, I think it would have been just as frustrating to me to watch because to me, I, you know, I kept thinking like she had, she has a better plan. There's something going on, you know, she's doing something else. She's not letting Poe in on, well, that, but we that's have to right. find out that she's heroic through someone else just telling Poe, like instead of actually just yeah. showing us what was going on. So I'm afraid like it, no matter who it is, even if it were Akbar in that role, if he acted the same way, I don't know, you know, we would have more connection to him, but well, he would, he would at least, you would go as an audience member. Oh, this is why everybody's just saying, cause there's, there's two you... critical flaws with this character. The first is she, she performs this amazing, the holdo maneuver, which you know, I'm sorry, Admiral Adama, but this this thing was. I, I've always actually, it's funny. I've long wondered what happens when you just take a starship at light speed through another starship, and oh my <laughs> god, we'll talk more about that in a second. But like, like she she did that, and then it's like that was a killer move. But like, we don't know you. Like your sacrifice in this situation, it doesn't mean anything right now. And like, if that was Admiral Akbar doing that, you'd be like, holy shit, that he went out like a boss. The other crucial flaw is that she didn't, all she had to do is tell Poe what her plan was. And like, it could have saved a lot of time and hassle, but she instead she's like, I'm not gonna tell you. Yeah, it's and it's her, just like, why, why? Like, it would right. be great if like Akbar. I mean, you could you can invent a good, re if it was Akbar in place of her, you could invent some reason, like, you know, he could even rattle off some like, boy, that's, you're demoted, that's, you know, that's not for you to know, or you know, something. Right, and if it were a character we had history with, we would have given him the benefit of the doubt, Bingo. and instead yeah. it would sort of played like, wait, do we trust her? Yeah, you know? yeah, and, she, and, and on top of that, she looks like a senator from freaking Pan Am, straight out of the Hunger Games, so it's like, what is, who, what are you? Why are you, why is Laura Dern in this movie? Like, I love Laura Dern, but it's like, it's like she wandered in off off the Hunger Games set and just decided to stay. And they're if like, she okay. had come in in like full battle gear and been more of like a patent yes. character, like yes. just like yes. barking orders, yeah. I would have, yeah. uh, I would have probably, I don't know, I would have. She's Mon know, Mothma's niece. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. If we saw Mon Mothma doing that, like I would totally, you know, respect. Um, yeah. yeah oh she pulled God. the, before she pulls the Holdo maneuver, she pulls the Sansa maneuver, which is she has critical information important to everyone in aim. <laughs> yeah. And she yeah. does not tell them, Hey, the Knights of the Vale are coming. Yes. Wait five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is. <laughs> hold on. Don't do anything stupid. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, seriously. And then, and then, yeah. But uh, so let's let's start through let's start through the kick-ass stuff first because there's so much of it. Um, I want to make sure we we get yeah each thing gets enough time and enough attention. I would like to start with uh, where the movie starts in in general, and that's just on a on a very humorous note. There was a lot of fun jokes, uh, not some not so fun or just kind of a little relentless, but like for the most part, there's a lot of really good humor, and a lot of it, if not most of it, was kind of centered around uh, Hux. And just in the very beginning, when Poe, you know, you get you get uh, Donald Gleason again, just amping on the the uh, most tweed British villain charm he could possibly imagine. And they and, somehow and, made him look like he's turn. He's doing the same thing of like he's turning into Palpatine kind of thing. Yeah, like he's, yeah, he's yeah. paler. His sideburns are even like strangely more unfashionable. <laughs> like there's dark yeah. circles around his eyes. It, it was yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. And he's in for a uh, general. 
sucks. And you get like this, you know, joke with modern sensibility. Yeah. And it was even more more delicious because you're like, here are the two guys from Ex Machina role reversing and having yeah. just as much fun. Like, oh man. So that was just, and then that carried throughout. Like, there's a lot of things. I mean, let's the, the, probably the the first kick-ass moment was when we finally see what happens in the in the scene right after Ray hands Luke the lightsaber, <laughs> and he just chucks it behind him like it's nothing. Like oh that, yeah, yeah, and the look on his face. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh Shit, Christ! Awesome. Like, <laughs> I mean, just like that. That scene. Rep- I mean, it, I think that scene more than any other represents the tone. Yeah, and just like where this movie was gonna fall, because it's like if after that, like I mean, they're not gonna treat that seriously at all. So like all of a sudden, it's like you're put on your your adrenaline's a little heightened because you're going to go, oh shit, I may not know, I may not be able to predict predict this one. This this may be a ride, and that well, becomes fun, you know. This was so much of what uh, you know, Safe Game goal. of Thrones has done in like the macro sense, yes, Ooh, in like a micro sense. Which is actually so much more satisfying, which was, I mean, none of the things that, none of the behavior we expected was built up into like cliffhangers. It was just built into the characters themselves of like, we know Luke and we know Ray and we watched The Force Awakens and it ended with this very, you know, uh, you know, this moment, this like huge moment of her scaling this mountain on this, you know, the, the Jedi outpost or whatever. And this very reverential moment. And so to have Luke sort of snort <laughs> and throw it behind him, it was like it subverts all of your expectations in this like great quick moment, and you get like it informs the characters even more, you know. Yeah. And the way she like, scrambled to grab it, and, like sort of and sort of running after him, it's like oh, I get it. Like the whole relationship established right here, we got it, you know. Do you think there was? Do you think the subtext? It was felt a little heavy, heavy-handed uh, now and then, where it's almost like the subtext of the movie. Kylo Ren saying, "You know, kill the past, burn it." Luke going, "Burn, you know, we got to burn all this. You know, this is all going away." You know, t- you know, telling R two, you know, that's you know, that's a low shot showing. Like, does it does it feel like the movie was trying a little too hard to say, "Look, we're all done with all that old shit. It's all this moving forward." Like, it felt almost like they were really yeah. trying to let us know, figuratively and through the story, like, "Look." This is this is never we're never going back, George. You, you're it's never going to happen, you know. No, what a what, what yeah, what a perfect synopsis. Like I hadn't even really thought of that. That's uh, I had not thought of that at all. That is awesome to think that that's what Ryan Johnson did. Of like we're going to burn the past, but yeah, I don't think he yeah. did. I don't think it. Oh, okay. You know, there's all these whiny fans uh, like thinking that it's you know there's new force powers and stuff we never saw before, and eh, we had that the last one too. Yeah. Like, if Kylo Ren catching a freaking la- a laser bolt midair isn't something to like, oh, right. that, exactly. like that, that, and again, that was like the first scene. So that it's almost like that movie's going to, sh- that movie's intention was to say, we're, we're dusting off these really awesome things you used to love. And Oh, by the way, they have features that you never knew existed. Like this toy. Did you know this toy does this? You're like, Oh my God, I never knew that. Like that's yeah. what that movie was. This yeah. movie is going to go here's now here's ways you can play with these toys that you never thought possible. Did you ever play yeah. this? Like, no, I did. Oh my God. Like, so, you know, where I got to quit saying, you know, just, it's great. <laughs> where, where do you, where do you suppose, maybe this is the wrong question to ask right now, but where do you suppose a third one even, goes from here like is is a third movie even like should we even assume that it's going to wrap this up with a tidy bow does is that a false you know assumption given where you know this leaves us so yeah maybe that's something to ponder at the end so we know uh jj abrams is back as the director Mm -hmm. for not 
Um, but we also know that Ryan Johnson has been given three films in the Star Wars universe. Two, three other. Right? Yeah. So, and just we're just assuming they are in the universe like Rogue One, like they are just stories. They're not, it's not that he has episodes 10, 11, and 12, right? Uh, I think it is a trilogy, but it's not a continuation of this. But of these characters. Right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, I... Um, Boy. Here's the okay. Let me while you ponder that question, consider this, and this is what probably the the most shocking thing through all the stuff I've read post post seeing it. At no time apparently have they did they have a a showrunner's plan. It's it really feels like, and it, and from everything JJ has said, and especially everything Ryan Johnson has said, JJ wrote the Force Awakens whole cloth it wasn't like the disney had you know crafted this epic sort of like narrative arc and you know the movies were kind of written to that it's like there was no outline it's just we want to do this we know we want to you know have the old characters in it go from there and so ryan johnson comes in it's almost like he he's given this this house it's like now you build we're gonna go so he everything you see like he has no idea if, if jj's original intention was that you know ray's parents are just some you know mindless uh mindless traitors like that could have actually been an arc JJ wanted to be different. So now JJ gets it back again. Where do you take, it's like a Mad Lib. Where do you take this, <laughs> where are you taking the story? Which shocked me to death. Cause I, I thought how this is your bigger than Marvel even at, at to, to some extent in terms of just overall your brand awareness and, and sort of the excitement that builds up. So well, it's like, we, you and I had talked like uh, maybe in there's a no phase one, you know, in phase right, two, phase, right. none of that. It's not happening. Well, I, but you and I talked about maybe some like broad strokes they had. I think I think we did this in an actual podcast, but maybe it was just in a off air chat about like, do you think they went in thinking, okay, Han's going to die in the first one, and Luke's going to die in the second one, and Leia's going to, you know, sort of that like we're going to kill off the old guard. We're just not going to do it all at once. Um, and so I maybe they had, yeah. maybe that wasn't you, <laughs> but, uh, um, they I, know, I remember discussing that. I just, I feel oh, like that okay. could have been, that could have been like the Disney could have expressed, but look, but when we say well, Disney, we're not talking about corporate Disney. We're talking about, um, uh, what's her face? Uh, Lucas, Captain, uh, Captain Kennedy. Yeah. I mean, she's um, the Kevin. No, Feige, I, I, I was just going to say that like, maybe they had sort of broad, like moments that they were going to hit in the trilogy and they left mm -hmm. it to the individual directors to get there, yeah, you know, that could be, um, but a, a great, okay. A great, a great example of that is, you know, did it was Snoke part of that? Did they sit, you know, did they get that detail and go, okay, so here's your bad guy. You got to use him until at least the third movie. Cause clearly that's not, <laughs> that's not what happened. It It's like Ryan Johnson picked up that toy and went, Nope. And just chucked it aside back into the box again. Well, I actually anymore. I mean, it's yeah, that's, that's fun to ponder because I would uh, seeing how it ended, I would think, Oh, you know what they were, they had to get here where Kylo assumes the Supreme leader position somehow, you know, mm -hmm. sort of like, that's the, that's the point on the map. Like, we don't care how you get there, Ryan, just make sure that by the end of episode, you know, eight, that Kylo is the Supreme commander and, and maybe he gets to decide like, Oh, well, there's going to be a bunch of conflict with Hux. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and here's how he's going to get rid of Snoke and uh, things like that. So, I, okay. I kind of bet there was like a, a plot like that, but I agree that it didn't, it's definitely not like an MCU thing where how do all the pieces tie together, mm -hmm. um, except for the fun little Easter egg that people found yesterday and today, which was in Rogue One, 
when Jin is going through the files <laughs> to find um, the Stardust file, the uh, map of the Death Star, she just out loud says uh, hyperspace tracking navigation module or something like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, That's fun. I, yeah. I guess it's not that crazy. Like that's a pre-pleatest thing. It doesn't say it in some way that's really, really gives it away. Like, you know, pause for a minute. Wow, a way to track people through hyperspace. Wow, you just uh, cut out for a second. I, I think typically when, oh, that, when that happens, I can. Uh, I, I think they just your headphones. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe you know, it was like a, it was like a bandwidth, like, like kind of a thing. Um, but usually when I listen back, that. It, it's recorded correctly, but it's just not, I'm not hearing it correctly on my side from the connection, but it's uh, you're back now. Oh. Just letting you know. I like, yeah, I like the, uh, I like the little callbacks between movies. Here's a question though. You know, the moon medallion that the two sisters yep. Rose and her other nameless sister were wearing. Did that in any way go back to the, uh, the, the, the uh, Asian uh, rogue one guy? Because I could have swore he had something like some kind of medallion or something like that. I, know, I may have seen that. Jen, he notices Jen's network uh, necklace, which is made of kyber crystal, and she says, "How did you even know I was wearing a necklace? Because it's beneath her scarf." Yeah. Uh, when on Jeff. Um, so yeah, I would think that that's probably you know it was kind of interesting that they that you know they had another piece of jewelry that was significant. So yeah. Um, um, so wait, real quick, did you? The end of Snoke. Did you like that he bit the dust in this one, and without any sort of explanation as to who he was? Thoughts yes. on just his demise? I, I love that because I, um, and again, in like true, like sort of that Game of Thrones fashion, uh, all the fan theories about who Snoke really was, and you know, <laughs> oh, wrong. Like, I just love that it was. Like, it doesn't even matter, you know. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, and then also, it's like when we. Um, you know, I saw uh, Justice League with the same group of friends. And when we came out of that, um, our, our friend Fia was saying, I, I, she was saying, I'm just tired of these superhero movies where they just fight this, like, this bad power. You know, it's yeah. like this god power that has no personality. And they just kind of, like, and I get it. Like, if you're not a superhero fan, and even if you are, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, they're always just fighting this kind of alien thing that can destroy the world. And Snoke sort of felt like that. So to have yeah. him just literally cut in half yeah, yeah. was really satisfying to me. I did question, like, if he's such a force master, why didn't he sense the yes. lightsaber towards yeah. him? Yeah. Uh, and I was only really disappointed that he was just sort of normal sized because you and I had speculated, like, is he, you had this great <laughs> speculation. I'll let you say it. Which yeah, was. No, and I, I, this is the one thing I'm actually sort of sad about because I, the way they treated Maz Katana in the first one, I could have swore she was going to have this major role to play and that she was of the same race that Snoke was of. So when we finally see Snoke in the flesh, he was going to be this like little guy that, you know, was disfigured, but was basically this, the Maz Katana race. And there's going to be some connection between those two. So like, I, I'm a little bit annoyed. I le Ryan Johnson needs to learn the delicate art of giving us at least some of our, our shipping. You know, like there's a little that goes a long way. And, and I, th I have this sort of vision of him, you know, going on the, uh, you know, message boards and looking at like, you know, going on to IMDB and looking at all these like, this is what I think. And him going, and you're just looking at all these massive theories and go, hmm, none of that's going to happen. I'm just going to kill him. You know, just like intentionally. Yeah. Breaking these, these people's hearts. You get, give us just a little bit. Um, yeah, I, me, I, 
<laughs> yeah, we'll get to it. I got something to to throw up as a contrast to that. Well, and but at some point too, we need to. It's not in the notes, but we need to talk about these the very the criminal underuse of Maz Katana. Like she played no role whatsoever in this in this thing. I mean, to say go here and find this guy, they could have they could have read a tweet about that or something. It had nothing to do with her. It was kind of a letdown because she was, you know, a really interesting new character that we meet. Yeah. Um, yeah. And. You get the feeling in Last Jedi, like I did. You get the feeling that there were a lot of characters to keep up with. Um, no, only because I'm a Game of Thrones, so doesn't I'm used to it. Okay, you know? yeah, true. <laughs> You're sort of trained to, which I don't know. I mean, on that note, maybe they couldn't have done that ten years ago, twenty years ago. Maybe we, maybe we need a, a TV loving attention span audience to really embrace all that. Yeah, I guess maybe, um, uh, you know, often uh, Star Wars movies like Force Awakens did a good job of this, where it was sort of like broken into like three easy to follow teams or like four maybe. Um, but this one, it just felt like, God, there's characters all over. <laughs> well, and when they and when they had the, and when Holdo was in there and they had that useless trip off world to find Benicio Del Toro, I'm just like, we don't, we didn't need any of this. Like they could have cut all and consolidated most of that and it wouldn't have felt so sprawling. Uh, that that was a, a definitely some weirdness. Um, I, I mean, it was more expectation subverting, but yeah. I did I did like some. I saw on Twitter some person tweeted. Uh, so now it is canon that Maz Kanata <laughs> banged Justin Thoreau. <laughs> <laughs> he was, he was the uh, his cameo was as the master thief or whatever he was called. Um, oh, really? That master was He's the one with the rose. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> oh, wait, what was that even yeah. like was that even was he even a thief like that was so confusing i'm like is that just Medusa del toro in disguise like who is does what was the point of any of that it just was such a weird aimless sort of collection of scenes i'm you know i i i already know that this is like this is fandom polluting my my thoughts here and i'm gonna de i'm gonna defend something where in like game of thrones i might be really frustrated by it okay. but i actually think this was sort of a a pleasant version of messing with the audience mm -hmm. whereas um a lot of times in game of thrones i'm i'm frustrated by a similar situation um and i i just don't know how to put my finger on it. is that really just my fandom like overriding the <laughs> the sense of frustration i would normally feel what they needed to what that whole sequence needed to do was showcase a, a planet because this entire Right. Goddamn moving, except for the very end, it takes place on just two spaceships. So they need well, on Luke's planet. I apologize, Luke's planet, but we've already seen his. So they I, they would have they would introduce no new planet until the very end. So they had to get us to some other world, and they had to do that so they could make that point at the very end of like the Jedi are all of us now. Well, yeah. and not only that, I think Rose was so much like the moral center for Finn. Like you know, Finn has has been the slave child and. Uh, and rather than using clones, um, you know, Hux and the uh, First Order have um, have been basically just buying, the, you know, trading in slaves and making them into stormtroopers. And Finn, un, you know, unexpectedly to them, has this break in his conscience where he can't, you know, kill these innocent villagers, and that begins his like sort of learning to be human again. And I think Rose to that compassion and all that. And so it really, the, to me, the, the only- You mean he was, his, she, he, he was her Dory and she was his Nemo. I mean, that's kind of what this, that whole thing felt like. It's just... 
I, yeah, she, I have she, not understood your Hunger Games reference or your Finding Nemo. Reference. I mean, she's she really was she was she was invented to sort of tag along and offer little quips and and moral sort of sort of asides and and like it just and she kind of be that lovable like it it was sort of a weird Disney esque kind of thing to do that I I'm still not quite sure if I loved it or sorry if I if it was okay if I didn't if I hated it like I don't I don't know like well, she you know so she I think. Just, I think they had to go to the casino planet because she had to point out to him, you know, who do you think these people are? Yeah. They're all arms dealers that, that sell to both sides and make that larger point about war and um, the child slavery, which they see there. It's like, I, I think the rest of it was sort of just, you know, dressing it up to have a, a fun, crazy adventure with weird creatures we haven't seen. But did we have to but, take them away from the ship to make that point? Like, was it, because it seems like that whole, well, that whole sequence and Benicio del Toro's character exists to just make that point, because then he even has some sort of like, you know, commentary and social justice kind of stuff at the end, like, you know, it's, yeah, this is just how you get along, uh, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. They could have, like, you, you're totally right, like, they, they needed a, a more colorful place to go to than these two ships, and they didn't want to just send one ship over to the other ship secretly yeah. when they yeah, yeah. They're gonna have the ships cloak themselves, and yeah, so they had to have bot, and they probably could have done it in several different ways. Just been like, oh, well, you know, just get the code from the master code breaker, and he's on this planet, or what? I don't know. They didn't, you know, but bringing him along, I, I don't know. But I, I, to me, it was all sure. It didn't bother me like some other, um, you know, teases and flip flops in other movies do. Yeah, so fair enough. Well, and it, it, let's be fair too. For every one of those, it was followed up by like force wielding Leia. You know, like just right. it, it would it would drop these just like bombs of amazement. So you really yeah, couldn't I mean, like be be caught up in like, well, that wasn't that was kind of strange. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, I don't even remember what that was about. Look at this. Oh my god. Were, you, were there moments through this where you went, oh, okay, so he's dead or she's dead? Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> And was Leia going outside the spaceship? One of them? Um, for about thirty seconds, because in my mind, I'm like, okay, this is that shot from the trailer, and holy shit, she blows up! Oh god! And I just thought, and what a I, great way they did the trailer. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, what a, what a, what a, what a weird, crazy setup to get us used to seeing this scene, and then only to have it resolved this way. So for about thirty seconds, I'm like, oh my fucking god, did they just kill Carrie Fisher for real? And then when, and then I was like, no. No, 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 no. She there's other shots from the trailer that she's in that aren't haven't happened yet. So this it's gotta we've gotta see it. So you know, but I didn't realize that's how I thought Kylo was gonna save her or something. I didn't realize she was gonna force wield her way back to the ship. Yeah, um, that man. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, incredible. And then um, when they're on uh, crate the the salt planet or I don't know if it's pronounced a different way. I I had to just look it up, but. Uh, just another of those moments to me was when I thought, well, Finn is going to sacrifice himself. They they called the, you know, barnstorm or Besher, whatever cannon. Um, I thought, oh, he's really going to do it. He's going to sacrifice himself. Finn's yeah. gone. That's yeah. he's done. Yeah. And But the way they played that scene back and forth where this is the moment when Poe realizes sometimes you retreat in order to fight, you know, another battle to have him be, you know, the tables turn. So he's giving the order that Leia gave to him at, in the opening scene, but then also to have Rose be the one that saves him and then teaches him that, you know, final moral lesson of like, you, 
um, I was like, holy shit, this is like, what a great way to like bring all of this together and not, yeah. not I thought that all of that was such. I thought it was going to be Poe and not Rose who, because when I saw the ship pulling, I was like, oh shit. And I then thought this is where Poe sacrifices him. I thought that was the end of Poe. I was like, oh my God. And then wow. Rose, I was equally confused. So yeah, there was some other moment where I thought Poe was a goner um, and I can't remember where it was. But, um, and, and one of the other I'll put in our, our kick-ass section was uh, Chris in a text chain in the opening scene when, um, when Poe does that where, you know, he rolls back and then the TIE fighters are right in front of him and he blasts them. Yeah, yeah. Out of the X-wing. <laughs> and it's called the yeah. Talon Roll. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry to... He was in the right room and was like, hey, what if we have him roll like this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly. So, cool little nods like that, I think, to everything in the Star Wars universe. Uh, well, what about another nod? Um, Yoda, him, <laughs> Frank Oz himself. Oh, this up. is. So, you know, I had this question. I didn't look it up. Do you know, was that, uh, was that a puppet or was that CGI? It was CGI. Okay, okay. Um, but voiced again by Frank Oz, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. I mean, um, I, uh, having like just being bias, you know, uh, imprinted on my brain since, uh, <laughs> 1977 or whatever, or, or when was it 80? Um, I, I just think Yoda is icky. And so <laughs> I never see Yoda and go, Oh, it's that lovable Yoda. I'm like, Oh, it's that guy that ate like, you know, the Twix oh, bar that Luke that's, that's himself. Yeah. How dare you? I know. It is. <laughs> How dare you? So, but I thought it was, I, I, it, it did that. It did not shock me to see him appear. Really? Yeah. Now I thought I, I, I was in my mind. I kind of figured somebody might. Right. Uh, I thought, and honestly, Yoda's way down the list. I thought first fucking Han's going to show up. Like, oh, man. like blown my, Right? Well, that's where we were at that point. I'm like, right. God damn it. Anything could happen. They could, they could, I mean, I'm, like, I'm thinking somehow Han's going to like force. And I thought maybe he would force appear to Kylo or something or delay, you know, something. Um, the second thing I thought is when, when Luke was doing his thing, I thought maybe they'll get Ewan McGregor in as to do an Obi-Wan uh, impression and, and sort of that's tee that up, you know, cause they're, you know, if he appears in, you know, if he, they cast him again in a future uh, Obi-Wan one shot, you know, it'd be kind of nice to have that connective tissue already sort of in place. So when Yoda popped up, I was like, well, oh, that's cool. It wasn't like, oh my God. It was more like, oh yeah, there you, okay. Well, that makes sense. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. And it was a good moment to like, you know, to have him teaching Luke another, I, that was such a cool thing to me to see like, uh, you know, Luke is this grizzled old master. Yeah. Up until that point. And then you realize like, no, he's still just another student that's impetuous and doesn't have this full understanding that, that Yoda does. Yeah. Uh, it was great, I, but it, it does bring to mind another mystery, which is it was very cool to see him, you know, uh, call the lightning and, and start the tree burning. Um, but at the end of the movie, there's a shot where we see Ray that has all the Jedi books in it. Really? Yep, on the Millennium Falcon. Huh. I missed that part. I we were talking about it last night and like two of us had caught it and two of us didn't. Weird. I didn't notice that at all. 
Okay. So oh. maybe, but I'm sure a pretty deliberate shot. Um, and I'm pretty sure it was Ray. Like she had them in a drawer and was like sort of closing the drawer on the, uh, maybe oh, not. Oh, okay. The other ship that the, the you know, uh, resistance is on. Yeah, I got it. I got where in goes over to uh, to treat Rose, who's you know in bed. There's sort of this like group, you know, shot of them all with like the camera on her closing this drawer. So yeah. Um, anyway, so one of the hypotheses that came up last night was that maybe when we saw Luke sneak onto the Falcon, that he was actually like delivering those for her. Okay. Um, I don't think that sort of fits in his sequence of like where he was as a character at that moment. I don't think he totally trusted her. Yeah. Yeah. So that he would have done that. But um, I feel like she's one, she's one who would have kind of just taken it upon herself to take them and, you know, make sure. She- yeah. I, I think that's that other thing is when she, you know, when she went on that sort of uh, when she went off track and, and went to explore the dark side and all that, she may have just grabbed the books. Like these are for yeah. me. Can I, okay, let me, let's talk about another. It's not in the notes, but it's coming to mind. Another sort of lame moment was just all of that rigmarole where she's, you know, you see this creepy hole and then she goes down the creepy hole and she's telling Kylo Ren what happened down the creepy hole. And basically all that happened in this creepy hole was she saw all these cool reflections of herself and could have had an acapella trio if she wanted. And uh, that was basically, like, it's just yeah. so, I mean, the visuals, the visual sort of, execution of it was great but i'm like this didn't tell us anything like what was the point of all of that build up like in the i mean in empire we saw fucking darth vader's helmet blow off and it was luke's face like give yeah. us something at least sort of on that level like oh wow that's that was profound you know just it was so it was such a nothing burger but then well, it followed up by something amazing so you're like oh i don't care about that anymore yeah i mean uh <clears throat> <laughs> I'll take us out another nerd hole, <laughs> which is years ago. I read this book called the Dharma of star Wars, where uh, a Buddhist teacher was teaching the lessons of Buddhism through lessons or through examples from star Wars. Uh-huh. And, you know, just sort of paralleling like how much Yoda is really like a Zen master. And, and so it was very, you know, it was tongue in cheek, but it was a serious book about Buddhism. And um, I, I just took that as sort of like, it's like her parents, being nobodies like that's that's the lesson is that it doesn't always turn out that you're you're descended from royalty and you know there's this fairy tale ending and it doesn't always work out in a fantasy movie where you stare into the mirror and you see you know that your greatest enemy reveal himself to be you it's like sometimes you just look in there and there's nothing there <laughs> would it have been cool though if because it, it and i get that and that's that's fine but it would have been cool if they had that and then all of a sudden like all the different rays she stayed the one in the center stayed her but they all transitioned into different jedi some that we recognize some that we don't i did and think basically we were do something like her aging or something sorry go ahead yeah they transformed into well, jedi giving us some indication that like you know this there will be no end to this like right she's in the lineage and it will create both good and bad outcomes yeah and we're just part of an endless cycle or endless chain you know like some something i just i was like it's, it almost felt like he, Ryan John said, "Like he had this setup. He's like, this would be a kick-ass setup." And I wait for the payoff, and they're like, "Ryan, we need you on three. Oh, I'll come back to this in a second. Just never." <laughs> I'll say this though: uh, people cannot stop visually referencing the movie Under the Skin with Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> Why? So, um, have you seen this movie Under the Skin? I've not. Oh my god! Okay. Uh, I have not made it. Through. I had to turn the movie off. I, I wouldn't have known. What's that? 
a weird one like Mother, where it's just like weird and off-putting. Totally off-putting. It's like a sci-fi horror movie. Okay. Uh, I've never finished it because it disturbed me so much. My God. Uh, <laughs> uh, Eleven in Stranger Things would go in to the upside down, and when she would do it, especially through the sensory deprivation tank. Underground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The black, just the black, the black area. Straight out of under the skin, and oh. Ray touches that mirror and whatever. It's not. It's not exactly the same. But there was just, I just felt like this is a visual nod to that amazing effect. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. So anyway, um, sorry to take us on that tangent. References we can here. Yeah. That's cool. Um sorry, say that again. You kind of a second. Oh, no, no, no. I just I'm sorry to take us down another rabbit hole. Um were there you know, besides um uh, questionable you know like uh, Ad, uh admirable admiral holdo uh benicio del toro's character um were, were there any other things that you were just sort of you know slightly uh off put by put off by maybe maybe sort of the lackluster uh end to um phasma i just kind of felt like she was back and then we lose her just really fast i'm like oh man like that was it was cool that you know uh uh Finn was her downfall but it's just like I almost wish she would have lasted until the third movie it's like well now she's gone that okay yeah. you know not to be a conspiracy theorist myself but gone <laughs> yeah i've said this to like six they've all said yeah she's definitely dead <laughs> wow but help but think she's going to come back somehow well, it's funny. She she wore the basically the helmet of Darth Vader and died like the Emperor, you know. So she's kind of like she was the yeah. the magnet for all that, those old tropes. Wow. Yeah. Well, what a waste of Gwendolyn Christie, really. I I know we we got to see her eye at least. Like I was really hoping for some dramatic helmet removal at some point. I know. What in the world? Something. Just we know we know, I we know it's her. Just let us see her. You know. I still I still feel like what a waste of money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was actually in that suit. Like, why not just have a stunt person in the suit and hire her to come in and do like ADR later? <laughs> yeah, why? Well, like, yes. And uh, I mean, but if she wanted to do it, then you could let her do it for God's sake. But um, and let's keep in mind too, Hugo Weaving did all the V for Vendetta stuff except for the serious stunt stuff. I mean, he was there in the mask all the time. It wasn't like he ADR that. That blows me away too. Every time I watch that, that it's incredible to think about. You never see that dude's face once. Uh. No, but it's it's she was a really cool character, and like you, if you're gonna kill your main guy, if you're gonna kill the emperor, don't kill like Boba Fett. And the, although they did that, they killed both the emperor and Boba Fett. But that was the third movie. Like, don't give us this cool character. And then like you know the uh, it's, I mean the first order is a little short on yeah they have a lot of people, but they're really short on like these cool cool characters. So I don't. The other thing I, was I'm definitely you know, hoping that she comes back in some way. Yeah. God, Great. I mean, it'd be awesome, but at this point, it's kind of like, okay, I mean, I guess we can fan service that now, but I'd rather you had just keep her in legitimately. I The other thing that was not necessarily a, a questionable moment, but just, or a bummer, but just the thing that sort of, I, I have never been to a Star Wars movie where I felt this much despair at any given sitting. Like, there was just a lot of freaking, like, it was very hard to stay hopeful during this. I mean, in certain moments, right? Like, or do you mean overall? I mean overall in terms of um, what's happened to the resistance. Yeah. Um, 
you know, like it, we we start the movie and have, they won, they won the last movie, and yet they're on the run. That was a little kind of hard to take. And the fact that they're just continuously getting decimated, they they roll out all these awesome bomb ships to kill the dreadnought. Only one survives, and just barely, then it goes. Yeah. And then that whole scene where they're evacuating the ship, and they're just picking them off one by one by one. I mean, I remember Holdo going like, "There's only 400 left of us." So I was actually divvying up as those escape pods were going. I'm like, "Okay, that's probably like you know 25 right. people." There goes 25 people, or just you know, exactly. I was doing the same thing. Like, there's at least 25 people on every ship. <laughs> it's like, how are they? How are they even? And and I know the whole thing was like we're the spark that's going to light the fire. So I'm like they had to get down to spark size, but it oh, just God. so it was just it seemed so intentionally hopeless. Like I was just I was so bummed that like they didn't, you know, it it, it would have been. And granted, yeah, the the Holdo maneuver was was killer to look at. I mean, it was like one of the most breathtaking things I've seen in a theater in a while, especially because it was there was just no sound for a while. Until yeah. Well, yeah, let's talk about that for a moment. That was so just, you know, again, it's sort of like the lightsaber. Like I as soon as they started firing on the, uh, you know, the cloaked escape pods, I was like, get in the way, <laughs> like take out that cannon yeah. somehow, yeah. you know, uh, and it took her a while to sort of jump in the seat, even though it was heroic when she did. Um, you know, I understand like they're, you know, they're caught in the fog of, of war and they, she doesn't know, like, how can they even hit these ships? What, how can they see them? What's going on? Um, but then that, oh my God, it was so spectacular. I mean, I, I'm just with you. Like, I, I, I don't know how to describe that other than just like I, my mouth was open. The theater went, you know, not only did the sound from the, the movie stop, but it was like, you just heard people gasping. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was, it wasn't like they just it rammed it and blew up. Like you right. saw, this, like weird, like crazy spectral light shape, like ripping through it. Just it, it, the depiction of it was just unbelievably gorgeous. Not just that one ship, you know, but like basically everything behind it in line. And yeah. oh man, yeah. And and what you said earlier, which is, we've always sort of wondered what happens if you jump into uh, light light speed and there's a ship in front of you before you get to it or whatever, you know. And even earlier in the movie. When they've been doing that new maneuver, which I really like in the the three new movies, where the ships just sort of pop into yeah. space, you know, yeah. and, and yeah. Uh, when they start doing that, I'm like, man, the calculations you would have to do, you know, that's like going through my head. And so when that becomes this huge saving maneuver, it, God, it was just, it was really amazing. I, I wonder though, I do wonder, as killer as that was, why we didn't see a scene where somebody goes, um... Let's just start with that next time, because that's that's how you, I mean that's how you stop any empire, anything at all. Like just get a get one of your ships, you know, get a pilot. You're you know you're gonna have to have a pilot that's probably gonna have to do a kamikaze mission. Just get you know get somebody on the on the resistance side who's kind of done with their life, and just like aim it at anything and just do that like every time. Well, I, I, yeah, I you know I'm yeah, sure it's an expensive maneuver. <laughs> Um, they, uh, yeah. Anyway, I, I, I paused on that long enough. I think, I think it was just such an amazing moment in the film. Well, the most amazing moment we've been saving it for last. I've been following along. It, it, we have a little note doc we've been going through and we keep crossing everything out, leaving it behind the most amazing moment in my opinion. And I'm, I'm guessing probably yours yep. was the final showdown where Luke appears on the battlefield. I just from start to finish that entire goddamn sequence was was every bit as fulfilling <sighs> as I'd hoped it would be. Every everything about his appearance on crate was like even just 
I, I, like this whole movie had me holding my breath through so many like action scenes. And when they got to crate, like I forgot that we had seen the trailer with this battle in the salt, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I, it was like, they landed there and I went, Oh wait, we have a, like another whole battle. <laughs> like I was like, I was so excited. Like, Holy shit, what's going to happen. And then from the moment he shows up, just walking down the tunnel, um, which, you know, at the moment I was like, well, how do he get in? But, um, <laughs> I get old Jedi. Um, but then when he kneels and or sits down and talks to Carrie Fisher, I, that, I mean, I, I, that was as close I was to just like bawling during the theater, you mm -hmm. know, like just, just because at that moment I sort of lost my suspension of disbelief and just saw it as Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher talking yeah. on set. Yeah. And it was like, it just broke my heart. And then, uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm with you. This was definitely the most shocking moment of that was the movie. A clever little setup too, because it, it does. I think it did that to everybody. So yeah. Thinking he's really there. He's really exactly talking to her for real. So there's nothing to suspect that he might exactly. not be physically there in terms of the kid. Like it was so perfect to sort of seal you in that moment with him. So well, that and, reveal happened. You're like, oh my god! It just—it was that much more. And again, like you know, all those things where I was sort of guessing at what might happen when Ray left. Uh, god, I wish I could remember the name of the planet that he's on. But when she left in the Millennium Falcon, I thought after the conversation with Yoda that we were going to have another Empire um, reference, and we were going to see Luke using the Force to remove his X-wing from yes, the water. Exactly. Oh, totally with you. The second they showed the X-wing in the water, I'm like, well, clearly either he or Ray are going to raise that thing, you know, effortlessly. Uh, right. to get out of there. Yeah, I was totally with you on that. So, so when he appeared, I, you know, I, I don't know if that I was calculating too much. Um, like if that was like cut out of the film or if we'd see it in a flashback or some I, explanation. Same thoughts, same thoughts. I know exactly where you're going with this. But I'm with you. Like when he has the moment with Leia, I was convinced he was there for real. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Because I'm like, yo, yeah, we, I mean, they'll cut, they just cut that for time. You know, clearly he got, the, you know, he'll, he'll walk back out after the battle and you'll see the shipper, you know. So, but they, yeah, that never, that never happened. And then from that point on, once he starts walking and everybody's like, it's Luke Skywalker, there he is. And he walks out. It, the whole thing played like a Western. Like the, the resistance, yeah. the townspeople hiding behind the saloon door, you know, looking out, there he is. And he walks like a goddamn gunman. And then Kylo Ren in response says, like telling his gang, his posse, everybody fire. You know, so you so, can just imagine yeah. like horse-mounted men like firing all at this one guy. And and I, I thought one of two things is going to happen. Either he's going to just force Ghost away in like kind of a, a moment of sacrifice and then be able to haunt Kylo Ren or something. Or the smoke's going to clear and he's going to be just holding every goddamn beam like Kylo Ren did. And <laughs> Holy shit, that would have been crazy. They're all suspended. and But when it, the smoke cleared and he was just still standing there, I was kind of like, oh, 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 how? how where, okay. Like just the, the, the sort of the shock of that. And I, I, you know they were thinking that. You know, like what, yeah. we, what we should do is have him holding them all suspended. But <laughs> I, you know, we're going to just continue to subvert. So this whole thing should not be called The Last Jedi. It should be called Star Wars colon subversion. <laughs> One giant, like, nope, not that way. You know, and so... When he was standing there, because I had that same feeling of like, okay, this is his moment of sacrifice, and he is actually at this point a force ghost. Like he has yeah, done yeah. the Obi-Wan thing. The you know, all these uh plasma beams have killed him, and now it is his ghost that's gonna confront Kylo. 
But when he just sort of walked out, I was also just perfectly willing to believe it. Like, oh, well, he's just, there's some Jedi trick that he did and he was safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the brush off the shoulder. Just yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like, so he goes down and he confronts him. And I like that there was no sort of like, come on, Kylo, please just come back to the light. I, I like that we had just kind of gotten past that. And he's like, look, you know, I, I'm, I'm sorry I did that to you, but you're, you're a fuck up. And we've got to, you know, you're, this won't yeah. not, this won't last. You're going to go down, man. You know yeah. I, I was honestly waiting literally for the words. I failed you. And then Luke said it and I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the fact that he said it and it wasn't like I, I failed you and we're done now. You know, it was like, it was like, I failed you and now I have to take care of this. Yeah. It yeah. was. Yeah. And then, so then of course, this is the moment I, I teased earlier where I could sort of guess of what was going to happen was I went, you know, in my head, I thought, okay, this is it. He's going to switch the saber off. Kylo's going to charge him. The rope's yep. going to fall on the ground yep. and switches the lightsaber off. And, and then to have it twist again, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck, man? I, <laughs> I had no idea what was happening. Well, the, the, I mean, before like the final moment, like all those moments were like we see acrobatic Mark Hamill stunt guy like doing these kind of crazy moves, these Jedi moves that was every bit as exciting as when we remember when the first time we saw Yoda click on a lightsaber in the uh, Attack of the Clones, and you're like, oh my god, like it was that same feeling of this old guy's got some moves still, you know. And in fact, a master should have these kinds of moves. It was you know, much more exciting to me than seeing an animated lizard click on a, a lightsaber. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, or, I mean, to, let's be fair, seeing uh, freaking Palpatine wield a lightsaber prior to being transformed, that was pretty cool because you're like, oh, shit, that dude, right. he wasn't just always this dude in a hood. Like, he, he had some serious, serious skill. So it was cool to see Luke Follow that same vein, like just because he's old doesn't mean he's out of out of tricks. And I think part of the problem is like that first Obi Wan Vader fight was too stoic for its own good. Like we never got to see they hadn't quite figured out like how much the Jedi were capable of at that time. Right. So it's very sort of contained. Where now we get these like wild again kind of gunslinger sort of battles that are just you know God everything about it was amazing. And then yeah that final charge, uh, everybody I think in the theater was united like oh he, the cloak will fall. Yeah. You know, just and then the fact that he's still there, and yeah, to your, again, because you thought, okay, did he do some kind of cool? Like, how did he do that? And then the fact that he's a force, an astral projection, yeah, uh, and, and was able to do all that. Oh my god! Quick cut to see him floating, you know, on the island. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah. You know where I gasped um, when Holdo, you know, destroyed the destroyers. This was one where I was like, I shouted, you know, in excitement when it like cut to Luke, like, yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and it just, and it was so, you're like, you're thinking, okay. Cause then at that moment you have to plot, you have to play out every, every decision that led to that. You're like, not only did he reconsider after talking to you know Yoda and then also just what Ray did, he, you know, put himself in danger, not by just going to that planet, but like summoning his last ounce of everything to do this move that like up until this now, like this impossible move to, yeah. you know, buy these people enough to, Oh, I get like just every, and knowing full well that he's probably like, this will probably kill me, but yeah. I'm going to do it anyway. You know? Well, and everything about that, like just the way that all those emotions like sort of piled on, you know, when Poe is like, he's doing this to divert them. We've got, there's gotta be a way out of here. And then that Ray is the one that's going to save them through that final escape. But yeah. also, 
what hit me was the fact that he used so much energy to visit his sister and say goodbye yes. to her. Yeah. It's like, holy shit, you know, and he, and he gives her Hoon's dice. Um, you know, it was but just astral dice. Yeah. <laughs> which are also just a projection. I uh, mean, for, I mean, that lasted as long as she left and then the, they faded away once Kylo shows up and then to see it, to, the cherry on top was the twin sons as he finally uh, gave, gave away. Like just, that was it, Mark Hamill cannot, cannot be mad about that. You know, no. he can, he can gripe about certain things, but like, you can't be mad about that exit. Like that was, I, I, that better. I mean, what, what a good Luke movie, you know, yeah, like yeah. I, again, one of the stupid things about the prequels, which we, hopefully someday will like, we just won't ever mention them again. Our children's children will never know. They exist. <laughs> Disney will remake them but and like, make them better. And then we will never talk about them again. I, I, I you know, you, you brought up Obi, uh, sorry, uh, Yoda switching on the lightsaber, but I'll tell you what was more exciting was when you saw you and McGregor switch on a lightsaber. Ah, were, okay. But by that same token, I didn't want to see Luke in this movie turn into Mace Windu. Yeah. Yeah. Know? Like he just sits on a council you know, a council of one or whatever, and just sort of tells people how to be a Jedi. Yeah. Like, it was great. Yeah. To, I, I don't know. It was just, to me, it was like such a great fulfillment of everything about Luke as the, you know, being the teacher and the master, but also having to be a student again from Yoda and then having to learn his final lesson and sacrifice himself. I don't know. It was just, everything about it was so, so cool. It was cathartic too, though, because there were a couple other times in this movie where I thought that scene would occur and it did not. And I thought, okay, well, that was a really good moment for a Luke arrival, but I guess they're just going to save it. And then again, it would happen. I'm like, okay, that could have been a really good Luke moment too. Um, Maybe they're just going to save it. Like, and then finally when it happened and then it happened as, as in the way it did, just, it was like, Oh, thank Christ. And then, Oh my God, this is so good. It just, it was at that same time, both of those things. I, I, and I should, cause at that point you don't, maybe one of their subversions is guess what idiots Luke's not coming back. Like he's just gonna stay on that Island until the third movie. Like I thought <laughs> I mean, that was a distinct possibility. Because we had, yeah. at some point, once Snoke dies, we entered anything could happen territory once, once and for all. Because they had, you know, we'd seen a bunch of stuff, and then once Snoke dies, you're like, okay, literally anything could happen at this point. He could kill Ray right now, for all I know. I don't know. I don't know where we're going with this. Well, um, it's, yeah, you know, leaving Luke there just to be this, you know, old man who you know, basically like Loda, Yoda, she would come back in the third one and see him again, and then he, you know, die or something. So that, you know, it was it was great. I well, I. Uh, you made a comment about how, you know, you felt um, despair because of like how decimated the resistance is now. Mm -hmm. But to me, um, one of the things that I, like I thought was hopeful, but also realistic just in a human, um, you know, conflict sort of way was uh, Hux and Kylo, you know, have a clear disagreement about going out there to meet Luke, you know, <laughs> and like the uh, Kylo throws Hux into the wall. Um, and like, it's just clear that there's bad blood between them and there's going to be a power struggle. Mm -hmm. uh, but to me, what that also showed was that like, now if Kylo is the Supreme leader, how fragile the first order really is. Yeah. No, you're you know, right. that there is this, uh, this guy that's like really emotionally torn. And of course you've heard me say on podcasts and, and everything, like I didn't want Kylo to just get redeemed, you know? And I don't, I don't think he deserves that. No, you're you know? right. And yeah, that was that was a little contentious. I, I I was didn't know if I was 
that on board. Whoops. I don't know if I was that on board with that yeah. uh, thought process. So. so I think as much as we saw like their might um, and as much as they did decimate the resistance, it did make me feel like, you know what? These are just the resistance soldiers. Like yeah. that's, you know, the actual resistance is all the, anyone who is not in the first order is the resistance, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you're in the resistance and you're in the resistance. <laughs> well, I, I mean, and that's... Uh, you Are know, you that's, a child that can force wield a mop? Why? Join the resistance. Save <laughs> the galaxy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, dude, what a great... Another little uh, moment there at the end. But um, yeah, I anyway, I, that to me showed how fragile the Empire is or the First Order because it relies on... Um, it's a cult of personality, you know? Uh and that's what it was under Vader, and that's what it was under Palpatine, and that's what it's going to be under Kylo Ren, and therefore it has cracks in it. You can't, you you know. Uh, um, people, do you see yeah. Kylo Ren as a good leader, especially oh. the dark side? I just, I don't. No, not at all. I don't see how this is going to last past Tuesday. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, because he he was humiliated, you know, had to be humiliated when he returned uh, you know, to Hux and the rest of the uh, the First Order. And he's, like, and he's just so impulsive and he's just yeah. so he's he really is like uh well there's any number of comparisons i can make he just he's he's very sexually oppressed just he's got a lot of demons he, and he something he's a i don't know i don't know what he needs but it's uh it'll be interesting to see i i honestly i'll go back to that question i asked you earlier how do you do how do you honestly do a third movie following this story like where the hell do you go and especially now that Carrie Fisher has passed away, you just took a major, like you reduced this down to very few characters and then you took a major one off the, off the list. So it's like, what do you do? Well, one of the comments that came up, um, you know, for my friends that saw it, uh, it together was that it did, it did definitely appear to us that Poe, the storyline here was Poe being groomed to be a commander or perhaps a general um, and, and, fun, and but, getting several leadership lessons through the movie. And so as, Totally fine, but you still need Leia for for any kind of redemption for Kylo, or you need they need to have one final. I, I figured he met his he met his father, he met his uncle, he needs to meet his mother, and she would maybe be his end or you know something. But now that you take her away, like what? Where does that start? Where does Kylo Ren go from here? I, I, maybe that's the answer: is that he's he's all dark side. He'll never get the redemption, you know. Because and to me, like I don't I don't think he deserves a redemption. Like I, I just don't, you know. I don't want him getting together with Ray. I didn't want us to discover they were lost siblings or something. Like, I was, oh, so, okay. You know. We didn't talk about that. What were your thoughts on the, the revealing of Ray's parentage? Were you pleased with that? Loved it. Okay. Loved me it. too. Me too. It, it <laughs> needed to be that. It, if she was a secret Skywalker or a secret, I, Kenobi, I was going to be like, ah, oh, fuck, we don't need that. Uh -huh. She needs to be a normal nobody. And I'm so glad they, they went that road. Yeah. Uh, and I think it it right. really also fell in line with the things that Luke was teaching her in the three lessons of like, you know, the force is just, it's moves between all of us. And um, I, I don't know. I just, I, I, I felt like it was a good way to talk about it, you know, and thank God we didn't have to hear the word mitochlorians. Oh, Jesus. I, I, I think you, Slash Lucasfilm of of now is trying very hard to make everybody forget that that was ever a thing. I, I wouldn't be surprised if like, you know, even some of these, um, one-off movies or these one-shot movies, if they don't do subtle things to, to re-explain the force in a way that overlooks all that. I mean, Rogue One sort of did that. Rogue One, when they talk about the force, there was a lot of sort of lore and the way they described it was much more religious and less, 
look, see, there's a cell that's in all of us. And like, it was, it was less that opening that, you know, the, you know, the little video they show you know, for visitors at Jurassic park with the, you know, the animated DNA. I always kind of felt like that's, that's what Lucas did with the force in terms of middle glory. It's like, it's like, we took, we took ancient dinosaur DNA and put it in a frog. <laughs> we, took, we took a bunch of midichlorian and put it put it in a little bowl in the desert and he became darth vader isn't that neat you know that whole that whole thing anyway i i think that's for me that's that's all i can say i i do want to do a quick little lightning round with you because there's a couple little fun moments yeah I'll, I'll tell you my my first thing in the lightning round is uh and this this will anger fanboys but i was really pleased with how little c3po we saw thank you uh, like, Thank you. like uh, even more like Yoda, I've just always thought was icky, but 3PO actively annoys me. Yeah. 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 Anthony Daniels has not done us any favors and it's almost like he's more shrill than he's ever been. And so it's just kind of like, oh, Jesus, dude. Please. Yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, I don't mind him as a presence that's like a nod to the old movies and everyone's telling him to shut up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's fine. But, um. Even when he, he says some things in Rogue One, I'm I'm going no, shut up. Yeah, no, just be quiet. We know you're there. Yeah, uh, you you mentioned blue milk as well. I see. Oh, so um, uh, man, when uh, in in possibly the most disturbing scene, <laughs> when Luke just squeezes the teat of this giant man- manatee <laughs> mutant thing, uh, and then drinks the milk, um. So we walk out and Brian says to me like, oh, so was that the blue milk? And I was like, what is blue milk a thing? And he said that on Tatooine, there's like uh, Luke's aunt. Aunt Rue. Aunt Rue, yeah. Make a reference to something about the blue milk. Yeah. And then I think in the last, in uh, Force Awakens, there was like a bottle of it sitting on a counter or something like well, that. Family, no Guy Star Wars, family Guy Star Wars uh, parody uh, episodes heavily, heavily play on the blue milk joke. So there's a lot of that too right uh so i i only pass that along as this was what um the really huge star wars nerd that i saw the movie with caught as like a reference like maybe that's the answer to what blue milk is um i tried too did you notice that straight straight out i mean <laughs> straight out of the the source it was just god intended it, it was awful <laughs> <laughs> I uh I I particularly like the little Jedi nun characters that they added. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, it was really funny because you know you see the you, we've seen Luke on the solitary island and Ray walking up to him now for a year, and then you know the first five five ten minutes are just them still on that island together. You don't really see any other life forms, so to, then to see yeah. Ray cause some damage, all these little like alien nuns are, are cleaning up and all disgruntled and everything. I was like, where what Jim Henson farce have we entered? Like, what is this? Yeah. It was, I, it was they were hilarious i enjoyed it and i i it, i was so i had so steeled myself for a movie of like training montages and stuff yeah right I know. and so everything about the whole island experience made me happy that i didn't see anything that i was dreading and um and you know it's funny so i also um after i saw it you know like several hours after the next day i was like okay so luke really just you know he starts it with i'm going to teach you three lessons um, and I remember the first two and then I don't remember the third one. And I've been kicking myself like, what, wait, did I, how do I not remember this third one? And I actually had to Google it and found there's like a, a Reddit where someone said, I've seen the movie three times. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he never gives a third lesson. And so, you know, apparently this was like, uh, 
yeah, there was no third lesson, you know? Maybe that was the one that she discovered for herself. Maybe. Or it's the one that, uh, as as one of the commenters pointed out, like his force ghost will teach it to her in the next movie. Oh, true. You know? Yeah, yeah. They meet up and he's like, I never give you your final lesson. Yeah, that's, yeah. That, that would be great. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> the that's third lesson is Abrams. Mambo yep. number five. <laughs> that's a very Abrams thing to do too. Like, yeah, you can almost guarantee that that would that's right out of the lost the lost handbook. Even though you know he didn't write all the lost episodes, but he's that's his sensibilities baked into that show. Yeah. Well, I, that said, that was a um, I, I I almost feel a, a, as breathless now discussing it as I did <laughs> watching it. Um, I will definitely be seeing this um, a couple more times in the theater. Uh, but, and, and you should too, everyone who's listening. Um, and then maybe we can convene again and talk more star Wars stuff in the, in the off season and the star Wars off season, uh, until then, Taylor, where can people find this podcast? Uh, you can find us online. We're on Apple podcasts, Stitcher, Google play, or wherever podcasts can be found. Uh, go ahead and tell your friends. You can also find us online, Twitter, SoundCloud. We are find us there. And of course, find us there.org where you can get all our shows. We've got new stuff coming in the new year, so subscribe to this and any of our other shows to stay up to date. Yeah, and we've been doing a, a cool little series ourselves. I mean, it's part of the Todd and Taylor show. We just call Coffee and Comics, where we talk about the coffee we're drinking and one comic book. Um, and so I hope everybody goes and checks those out <clears throat> on findusthere.org and all those other places Taylor mentioned, because I think they're great episodes to discover what we're reading and what new comics are out there. And, you know, it's it's a cool thing uh, I'm excited about it Taylor thank you for joining me and we will catch everyone next week bye